There's no space that His love can reach. There's no place where we can find peace. There's no end to amazing grace. Take me in with your arms spread wide. Take me in like an orphan child. Never let
Good morning. What a wonderful way to start the service, to celebrate um, baptism with the Jones family and with Marcy. And let me just tell you, um, if you haven't ever talked to Marcy, Marcy's hilarious. And um, Marcy and I were having a hallway conversation, and she said, I'm a little nervous. She said, I hope my dad doesn't drown me, <laughs> like he almost did my sister. And then she told me, I have a, my cousin's 19, she works at a swimming pool, and she taught me how to go down under the water like this and come up like a rocket. And I was really a little disappointed that she didn't come up out of the water like a rocket. Um, it would have been very exciting. But um, it is great to, um, to be back with you. Um, we've had some days of rest and relaxation, and we're, we're glad to be back with you. It's, an, it's great to, to sing a wonderful song like I am and to experience um, baptism there. And just want to say we're glad you're here. If you're family or friends of, of Marcy, I'm welcome. If you're home folk, welcome. If you're visiting for your first time or your third time or your tenth time, wow, it is just it's our pleasure that you... Take time to worship with us, and we trust that you'll encounter the Lord as you enjoy the service. There is a card in the bulletin. We call it a Connect card. I don't have one, but it's 10, and it's a great thing to uh, share information. If you, if we can pray with you about anything, write it on that card. Put it in the offering plate. We love to, to share those out over our email and join in prayer with you. If for some reason you want us to keep that private, you can just check the box on there that you want it um, not to be shared over the email, and we'll honor that. Or if you have a question or would just you know, like to know a little bit more about the church, just write the, on that card and we're going to pass an offering plate around in a few minutes and you just drop that on the plate and it'll go to the church office. Um, let me just highlight a couple of things before um, Deborah Williamson comes and tells, a, um, tells you ladies about the upcoming Ladies Connect. First thing, just a reminder to members right after our service, we'll have a, a brief called business meeting. Consider two items. One, we have some recommendations to update our committees, to add to our committees, so we're thankful for that. We're ready to put those folks into service. And second of all, we're going to be um, reviewing and choosing whether or not we want to approve a, a policy for um, a camera system in our church nursery. So um, right after the service, we'll be handing you out a copy of that so you can enjoy the, the fun reading um, that that entails, and we'll hopefully be able to conduct that business rather quickly. Um, second of all, um, you may have not seen one for April, but we're back in May. Um, I've tried to periodically provide memory verses um, for you to put in those little magnetic um, covers, and you may have even lost your magnetic cover by now, but hopefully by next week I'll have some more out there. If you did lose one, I hope you haven't. hope you've been keeping up. But this month, um, I really wanted to focus on Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, and it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And I want you to ponder this question as you think about that verse. Have I been raised with Christ? And if the answer to that is yes, then there is an incredible amount of privilege that you have. There is power at your disposal, and there is an ultimate responsibility that you have to make Jesus known and to glorify him in everything you do. So don't forget to pick up one of these. It's the green one. It has, a, has crosses and an empty tomb on it. It's Colossians 3.1. And I'll have some more of those little verse pockets next week if you need some. And now, without further belaborment, Deborah is going to come and tell us about the upcoming Ladies Connect and the opportunity that we have to be involved in service. Well, uh, it's not service. It's service to ourselves. 
because we as women need to take care of ourselves as women. So I would encourage you to join us this Thursday at 6.30. I do need you to bring a paintbrush, hint, hint, of something we might be doing, okay? And uh, I will be sharing my testimony. The Lord has put it on my heart over and over again that I am supposed to. Uh, I don't usually like to do that in a large crowd, but I'm going to be obedient, so I'll be sharing my testimony. So we just just come enjoy the fellowship with the ladies. Thank you, Deborah. And that just so you know, that's this Thursday, 6:30. Ladies, bring a paintbrush. Um, I just was thinking as she said that that phrase, "bring a paintbrush," means a lot, whole different thing to a group of men. If you say we're going to meet at eight o'clock at the church, bring a paintbrush. That usually means we're going to paint something, um, and it won't be fun. But ladies, I know y'all will enjoy that. Um, I'd like us to read this morning from 1 John chapter 3. We're going to read the first three verses, and then I'm going to read from Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, before our, our deacons come and we receive our offering. But I want us to focus this morning, just as you begin to you know, continue to worship and you kind of get your mind wrapped around what God may have for you, is... You know, the whole theme this morning will be the incredible love of God. And I want you to listen to these words. John writes, advanced in years, full of wisdom, full of God's Spirit, and speaking to those early Christians. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but what we know, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He is pure. And then I want you to listen to these words from the prophet Zephaniah. Chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Gentlemen, will you come as we receive our offering this morning? Pray, Lord, Father God, Lord, thank you for this wonderful day. This, thank you for your Son Jesus and the unconditional love you've shown us, Lord. Thank you for the rain that's uh, provided us provisions. Lord, we just like to take this time to give back what's rightly yours, Lord. And we just ask that the church does what's right for what needs to be done, Lord. And we just thank you so much in Jesus' name. We're going to share a song that I wrote, uh, I think it was the middle of the, our first term as missionaries in Japan, and so it's called Torn Away, and Liesl's going to sing with me. Feels like snow in May 
Would you stand and sing with us this morning?
just bow before you. Lord, you are the portion of our cup. And you are our inheritance. You maintain our lot. The lines have fallen to us in pleasant places. And you have given us a good inheritance. We will bless the Lord who has given us counsel. Our heart is instructed in the night by you. You have We have set the Lord before us. You are at our right hand. We shall not be moved. Our heart is glad and our glory rejoices. Our flesh will rest in hope. You will show us the path of life and in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And Lord, we just bless you today and we invite you into this place in Jesus' name. Remember those walls we call sin and shame They were like prisons that we couldn't escape But he came and he died and he rose Those walls are rubble now Remember those giants we call death and grave They were like mountains that stood in our way But he came and he died and he rose Those giants are dead now This is our God, this is who he is He loves us This is our God, this is what he does He saves us Bore the cross, be the grave, let heaven and earth proclaim, this is our God, King Jesus. Remember that fear that took our breath away, faith so weak that we could barely pray, that he heard every word, every whisper. Now those altars in the wilderness Tell the story of His faithfulness Never once did He fail And He never will Well, this is our God, this is who He is He loves us This is our God, this is what He does He saves us cross be the grave let heaven and earth proclaim this is our God King Jesus who pulled me out of that pit he did he did who paid for all of our sins nobody but Jesus who rescued me from that grave Yahweh Yahweh who gets the glory and praise Nobody but Jesus Who rescued me from that grave Yahweh, Yahweh Who gets the glory and praise Nobody but Him This is our God, this is who He is He loves us This is our God, this is what He does He saves us For the cross, be 
got your Bible or your phone handy, Psalm 36 is where I would like you to, to turn. Let me just say while you're finding there, it's great to be back. It's good to see everyone. And just want to thanks to, to all of you for just allowing us that time off. And thanks to those who provided the opportunity for us. We, um, we rested, we slept, we ate, we fished, we played golf. Um, and then we repeated some of those things as, as necessary. But as a result, um, we're rested, refreshed, and ready. Let me just say a little word about, about fishing. You probably saw the photographic record on, um, on Facebook, and it probably does stand true that Deborah is a better fisherman than I am. But I will tell you this. The next day I went fishing with her dad, and let me tell you what is more difficult than catching a fish. Catching a fish, landing a fish, and trying to take a picture of it so you have a photographic record. And so I, um, the next day, and nobody will believe it, so if you care to believe it, you can. I caught five fish. I photographed one of those five. The other four, mysterious, they were, they were flopping and flailing. Um, I had, one, had two in the net. One of them found a hole in the net that I didn't know about. The other one just flopped over the side of the net while I'm trying to not dunk my phone in the water. So um, I guess maybe one of those head cameras or something is going to have to be necessary if I want pictures, but... Um, but Deborah's definitely more, more patient, and um, we had a wonderful time. We had a, um, a Marine veteran um, named Peter Breeden that was our, our guide. He was super patient. He led us across swift waters. Um, we didn't fall. Um, he kept assuring Deborah, I will not let you fall. I will not let you fall. And all I got was, are you coming? So I, I don't know what that means other than he looked after my wife, which was important. And as long as I was behind him, he was okay. But we were in good hands, and he helped us learn to catch fish. And I, I want us to think about something this morning, speaking about good hands. And it's simple, but it's so incredibly profound. And it's just three words. God loves you. You see, when we can grab a hold of that truth in our lives, we, we better look out because God can work in us to bring transformation. He can lead us toward deliverance and and freedom. There's power. There's blessing available. We find ourselves in opportunities to provide unselfish service for others. We're unashamedly sharing about the Jesus we love. And honestly, the possibilities are unlimited. And when the world sees God's love in you and God's love in me, it plants the seeds. It ignites the, the spark that could ignite the fires of revival. So let me just say it again. God loves you. And He loves you with a love that I can only describe as incredible. An incredible love. Now I have to admit, and, and some of you may not know this, and some of you may, but um, I, I love country music. Real country music. In fact, my brain is an endless catalog of of songs probably written prior to 1990, um, and I, I love it. Um, some of it, honestly, is just trash. It's not worth listening to, and I look back and think, how in the world did my parents let me listen to that when I was five years old? And, and you, you wonder, wow, what are we... And so those songs, you know, kind of just put away, but some of them, honestly, are just pure gold. Hank Williams, Sr., I'm so lonesome I could cry. It's I would stand it up against Shakespeare. In fact, some people call him the hillbilly Shakespeare. Johnny Cash, one of my perfect personal favorites, um, songs like Ring of Fire. 
But when I think about God's incredible love, my mind, which operates a little different than some people's at times, went immediately toward another song. Think 80s and 90s, mullet-haired country music sensation, Joe Diffie. He tells this story, a love story, about Billy Bob and Billy Bob's girl, Charlene. And one day, Billy Bob decides he's going to show just how much he loves Charlene. He wasn't ashamed of it. He wanted everybody in town to know. And let's just let the song tell more of the story. They were farm kids way down in Dixie. They met in high school in the 60s. Everyone knew it was love from the start. One July in the midnight hour, they climbed up on the water tower, stood on the rail and painted a 10-foot heart in John Deere green on a hot summer night. He wrote, Billy Bob loves Charlene in letters three foot high. And the whole town said that he should have used red, but it looked good to Charlene in John Deere green. Now, if that's not love... I don't know what is. But think about this for a second. God's love is way more incredible. He loves the whole world. He wants everyone to know that His love can transform anyone. And He paints the story of His love not on a water tower, but across all of His creation. And so I want you to think about this morning that God's incredible love has no boundaries and always seeks after people, even when they try to run and hide. Now, hang in there. You may get to hear a little bit more from Billy Bob later. But I want us to focus on the words of someone who lived way before, David, in Psalm 36. While he's pondering the fate of the wicked, he's overwhelmed by this incredible steadfast love of God. So let's read these words together and then we'll, we'll pray. Psalm 36 says, To the choir master of David, the servant of the Lord, transgression speaks to the wicked deep in his heart. There's no fear of God before his eyes, for he flatters himself in his own eyes that his iniquity cannot be found out and hated. The words of his mouth are trouble and deceit. He has ceased to act wisely and do good. He plots trouble while on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not reject evil. Verse 5. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep man and beast. You save, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. Oh, continue your steadfast love to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright of heart. Let not the foot of arrogance come upon me, nor the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the evildoers lie fallen. They are thrust down, unable to rise. Lord, we rejoice this morning that you have a love that is steadfast, that is incredible. And we ask for your understanding 
by your Holy Spirit to, to know in our hearts and know in our lives what your great love for us is like and how we can experience it at any moment. Help us to see that you are not far away, but that you are near. Help us to see that you are able to be found, that when we seek after you, we soon discover that you are already seeking after us. Speak to our hearts through your word and by your spirit, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So my hope for this morning is that we take a focus, we look with intent on God's incredible love for us. We'll explore the meaning in some detail of a Hebrew word called hesed. And for you personally, I hope that by the time you walk out here in a few minutes, you have a a little bit deeper understanding and appreciation for how much you are loved by God. That even though we're imperfect, even though we struggle, that God loves us and is not willing to leave us where we are. As a church, I hope we see ourselves as someone coined it, a haven from the lousy stuff of the world. That when people walk in these doors, they would find a welcome and loving place where imperfect and struggling people can find love and acceptance, can hear the message of hope and the message of truth. So you ready to look at Psalm 36? I've been waiting for two weeks, so... uh, I'm excited. Let's do it. The basic structure. David starts out. He's talking about the wicked. And he ends with some thoughts about the wicked. But in the middle, like the cream filling in a a donut, in the heart of the psalm, there's the steadfast love of God. God's incredible love. And so he puts that up against the wickedness of the human heart. We can never distance ourselves from the fact that We are sinners, and we need a Savior. And he describes in some detail the fact that that sin speaks out with a voice that catches the ear of our sinful nature. It's enticing. It sounds good. It's deceptive. It fools us, and it does great damage. And then he zeroes in on a truth that we are confronted with daily, that our sinful nature always has eyes for self. He says there's no fear of God in their eyes. Why? Because they're too busy looking at themselves in the mirror. They take time flattering themselves and they fail to see their own sin and hate it and even boast in the fact that they think they're hiding it. And as a result, these people lack godly wisdom and speak words that are evil and false. He also describes it as choosing to walk down a bad road reminds us that sin is a slippery slope it seems enticing it seems fun at the first but it's a downhill run all the way and you can see the pattern here in these verses these first several verses verses one through four that there's self-deception it doesn't hurt anybody it won't affect me i can keep doing it then it leads to becoming desensitized to sin. Well, it's okay. You don't even feel, you know, the, the conviction that it's wrong. And then with that follows an increasing desire to, to sin and not to, to do good. And then that continuation in sin leads to a delight that inevitably ends in a trap. The point where you're unable and unwilling to reject the sin in your life and hate it. 
And so this is what David looks around and he sees. There's, there's wickedness all around him. And at the same time, there's wickedness still alive in some part in his own heart. He's left wondering, what can man possibly do? What could we turn to? And so from the depths, and honestly, if you look at those verses, David is in the depths of human depravity. He ascends very quickly to the heights of God's love, the steadfast love. If you've never read the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones, I encourage you to. It's wonderful reading. And this is how she defines God's unfailing love. Never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. That's just the beginning point of understanding the steadfast love of God. That God's love reaches down to the deepest depths imaginable. And it's a love that lifts us up, it rescues us, it saves and it restores. Listen to David's words, just a few psalms over, Psalm 40, verse 2. Listen to what David says. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit. Ever feel like you're in a slimy pit? Out of the mud and the mire, been in the mud and the mire, he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. You put that together with other verses of Scripture and you find that when He lifts us up and places us on the rock, that He takes away those filthy rags of our self-righteousness, of our sin, and He clothes us in the robes of His righteousness through His Son. It's hard for you to understand in your mind. It surprises us. It's, it's amazing, but it transforms. And so after we look at the wickedness, David moves very quickly to the incredible love of God. If you see there in verses 5 through 9, I hope you have begun to understand that what I want you to walk away with more than anything is the truth that God loves you. Yes, you. We should sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so to ourselves, because His love never, ever stops. It never gives up. And His love for us is always and forever. What does that mean? I mean, there's no matter who you are, where you are, where you've been or what you've done, or may still be doing, God loves you. No one can disqualify themselves from the love of God. So I want you to say to yourself, God loves me. Say it. Say it again like you mean it. God loves me. loves you. And His incredible love is described throughout the Old Testament with a word. The word is hesed. It's translated various ways. Mercy, loving kindness, steadfast love, faithful love. It can't be defined with a single or even a group of English words, but it's this beautiful, fascinating, amazing word. And the main idea of this word, hesed, is God's covenant relationship with His chosen people. Now remember Old Testament history. God said, Abraham, I picked you. You're old. You don't have a family. You don't have any children. But I'm going to make you a great nation. And 
God made a covenant with Abraham and He kept that promise and still keeps that promise today even to the descendants of Abraham that we call His chosen people, Jewish people, Hebrew people. It's the ultimate example of a husband's loyal love to his beloved bride. That even though the bride wanders, he is faithful and he never stops loving. And he keeps on pursuing and chasing after. Because God is committed to his covenant, he's committed to his people, he loves them and he's faithful to all his promises. And because of that faithful love, he wants personal involvement in our lives. Another way you could say that is God wants a relationship with you. God is pleased when we go to church. God likes it, you know, when we we sing praises. But what He wants more than anything is you. To spend time with you personally. Nothing delights Him more than you and Him together. In fact, He moves heaven and earth to get our attention. He gave His only Son to make a way. He doesn't just sit and wait. He pursues. Why? Because He loves you. You may want to look at the book of Hosea later. You shake your head and wonder why in the world is this in the Bible, but very quickly you realize because it's a picture of us. This prophet Hosea had a wayward wife, Gomer, who was unfaithful after unfaithful after unfaithful. And yet, time and time again, God gives Hosea the instructions to continue to meet her unfaithfulness with his faithfulness. And what shines through those pages as you read this beautiful story is that God's love is relentless, it's unconditional, and it's everlasting. So God seeks out and pursues you because He wants to have a personal relationship with you. Not with your mom or dad, not with your family, not with your church, but but with you personally and everyone else included. Think about Genesis chapter 3. Quick way to look at it. Adam and Eve blow it. They sin. They grab some fig leaves and try to put together some clothes because they realize that now they're they're naked and they try to hide from God. And what does God do? He goes after them, doesn't he? He calls out for them. Then he takes and kills animals to prepare clothes to cover their nakedness and their shame. Why? Because he loved them. It's an incredible love. And this love that God has, it's so incredible, is for you. It's on your side. It's not against you. That's why we can see the, the steadfast love of God flowing through our pain, through our heartache, through our sickness, through our, our sadness. That God longs to be in relationship with you. One Bible scholar described this word, hesed, with words that, like this. It combines the warmth of God's fellowship with the security of God's faithfulness. That's important. Hold that just in a, in, for a second when we think about being in the, in the shelter of His wings. It's the, the warmth of His fellowship and the security of His faithfulness. And it's what David came to know through cold, 
days and nights as a shepherd, as a king who, king to be, who was on the run, anointed but pursued, and as a king who loved God greatly, who sinned mightily and was forgiven incredibly. And so in this description of this steadfast love, David wants us to know that it's boundless. It goes from the heavens to the clouds, from the mountains to the ocean depths. You can't be anywhere that God's love is not found. It's both saving and unconditional. He says, you save, O Lord, man and beast. God loves the whole world. He loves all of His creation. And He desires salvation for every man and every woman. It protects or it keeps that phrase, refuge in the shadow of his wings. We often think of God as in the mail because we just assume that. But if you think about this, refuge in the shadow of his wings, it's a very motherly example. And you have those phrases, I want you to remember, the warmth of fellowship and the security of faithfulness. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was young and I fell and I got hurt, I didn't like go, Daddy, 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 Daddy. And my dad would come and say, Oh, come here, son. You know, let's see what's going on. Let's make it better. No, you want mom, right? You want that warmth of comfort and you want that security of faithfulness because mom knows how to make it better. And sometimes it's just to get a, a cold paper towel and put it on, you know, a scratch. But God places us under the shelter of his wing like a mother hen and the chicks under the, the covering of the robe of his garment where we can say that we are safe and secure in his arms. But it keeps getting better. It's extravagant. Listen to this language. Verse 8, abundant feasting in his house. There's plenty available at his table. You drink from the river of his delight there's living water that brings joy and satisfaction and then it leads to both light and life that that river not only brings delight but it brings life and he reveals himself to us as the true source of light that brings joy to the heart purity to our lives and truth that lights the path and david says it this way in his light we see light God writes, I love you over all His creation. He writes it with His own hand. It's sealed with His blood. It reaches from the highest heavens to the lowest depths of the ocean. It's incredible. It's wondrous. It's amazing. That's why John, the one who Jesus loved, wrote in 1 John 3, 1, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God amazing love that adopts and nothing you can do or will do will ever change the truth of the phrase God loves you it's an incredible love listen to Jeremiah 31 verse 3 it's in the New Living Translation long ago the Lord said to Israel I have loved you my people with an everlasting love with hesed, with unfailing love I have drawn you to myself Everlasting, unfailing love. 
I know you've been waiting for this. Let's go back to Billy Bob and Charlene for a minute. They're still here. In fact, um, the declaration of love ended in marriage. Um, they settled down on about 80 acres, and they could look out from their front porch probably, and if they looked hard enough and close enough, they could see that water tower. And the message was there. It had lasted, and it stood the test of time. And listen to more. Now, more than once, the town has discovered painting over it ain't no use. There ain't no paint in the world that'll cover it. The heart keeps showing through. You can take this to the bank every day of the year. God loves you, and nothing you will do will ever change that. It's written across all creation in letters of crimson, and it will never, ever fade. The stains of our sin can't blot it out. Denial and indifference can't explain it away. Your anger can't erase it. And your fleshly reasoning is not able to paint over it. It just keeps shining through. God's incredible love. No matter the darkness, the sin, the doubt, and even our own rejection, it shines through bright. God loves you even when you don't believe it. He loves you even when you reject Him. And He loves you even when you feel like the most unlovable person on the earth. In fact, Derek Kidner says it this way, God's love is too great to grasp and too good to let escape. It's a love with no bounds. It always seeks after us even when we try to run and hide just a simple question I have to ask is, are you running today? Eventually you'll run into him. It's unavoidable. But the question is, how will you respond? David gives us his response in verse 10 and 11. The response of the redeemed. He knows the Lord gives all good things. He knows that God's love is incredible and that it's a self-giving love. What testifies to the fact that is the fact that God gave us His Son, Jesus. God demonstrated His love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, it exceeds every expression of human love, and it continues to pursue undeserving sinners beyond what our minds can comprehend. He doesn't give up his encouragement to us to keep praying and not give up when we're praying for for loved ones and family members that love seeks to give and to bless and there's only one right response and that's to receive his love by faith to trust in it to borrow david's words that we would take him up on his offer and take refuge in the shadow of god's wings It takes humility. It takes submission. But when we find that shelter and refuge, we also encounter abundance and life in the loving arms of God. David calls for it to 
continue, continue your steadfast love. Not like God would ever stop doing it, but David's like, I am soaking this in. I'm loving every minute of it. God, just keep it coming. But he also longs for others to know that love. Look at verse 10 there, that petition. Continue your steadfast love to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright of heart. I want you to think about this. Just a minute or so. Think about the hug or embrace of someone that you know and you love and you trust. And if you imagine that, you can probably feel their arms around you and feel the warmth. What kind of things go through your mind? I'm accepted. I'm secure. I'm safe. I'm loved. I'm comforted. What a marvelous gift from God that there are those around us that love us, even on our not-so-great days on our worst and as wonderful as that can seem or be nothing compares to God's incredible love to be held in his arms comforted and secure to be accepted and loved no matter the circumstances God loves you and his steadfast love continues on forever unfailing. You can't disqualify yourself from it. Nothing will ever change it. Because God's incredible love has no boundaries and always seeks after people even when they try to run and hide. So for you, my hope is this, that you you grow in God's love. That in the fertile soil of His love and the atmosphere of His grace that you experience all the fullness of life that God has for you. It's a lifetime endeavor. Every step is worth it. And then also that God would help you to love others better. I don't doubt that you love. I don't doubt that I love. But I think God can help us to love better. And then for our church, that as the parts of the body grow in love, that we would increase in our love for one another, and that the overflow of that love would be for the benefit of our neighbors, our community, those that are apart from Jesus that he misses the most. And so you're going to see some words on the screen, and I want you to, to make this your prayer, our prayer. It's Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. I'd like you to read it together with me, and then I'm going to give you just four brief ways to apply this, and then we'll pray and we'll be done. But verse number 14 begins this way, and read it with me. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner beings, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. There's power in declaring God's Word. It's truth. It speaks to our hearts. It speaks a testimony to ourselves. But this is also something that you can, you can pray, pray for yourself, pray for your family, pray for your church, that we would understand more and more 
the boundaries of God's love, the boundless nature of his incredible love. Well, let me give you four things quickly, and then we'll, we're going to pray. The first thing is if you don't have a bulletin, you're missing out. In fact, if you guys are in the back and can hear me, if you, if you don't have a bulletin and you need one, um, I think maybe if somebody wants to grab them off, if you, you need a bulletin. Let me just say you need a bulletin if you don't have one. Because on the front, you're going to find probably the, um, the um, representation of a water tower that couldn't win a um, pre-K art contest. Um, I can say that because I, I drew that. Um, but I want you to notice on there that you see two things. There's one part missing. God, heart, God, love. And what I want you to do is with your pen, I want you to write your name right there. Write it right there on the water tower. God loves Rusty. God loves Michelle. God loves Keith. God loves Matthew. God loves Mel. Write it on there. It's true. Kind of takes you back to junior high, doesn't it? Writing, you know, so-and-so loves so-and-so. But this is God's love note to you. God loves you. Then the second thing I want you to do is reflect on it. Now imagine if, if you got a love note from somebody. I mean, you know, and, and I've got a, a, I've got a bunch. I got a drawer full from Deborah that um, just through the years, and actually I have some in my glove box. I got one in my wallet. I just, you know, and every now and then, you know, I'll, I'll read them and, and just remind it. And so reflect on it. And whether you keep this bulletin or not, I don't care. You can or not, but just that phrase: God loves in your name. Reflect on it. And as you do, allow some of the things that you heard today about God's Hesed, His incredible love, sink in. The third thing is to remind yourself of it. God loves me. God loves me. We watched, and I recommend it if you can find it, a wonderful um, documentary about the life of evangelist Arthur Blessed, who carried the cross um, through every country in the world. And... Um, He's carrying his cross all over the world, and his message is very simple. God loves you. God loves you. And that was the starting point. And, you, and a lot of times in those, those conversations, it would start with God love you, and it would, would end with him praying with that person to, to become a Christian. So remind yourself, it's okay to say God loves me. And then the last thing is to relate God's love to others, to share that wonderful news, God loves you. God loves you. Let that be on our lips as we, as we go about in this world, that we would speak of the incredible love of God to the people around us for their benefit, for their salvation, and for the glory of God. So write it. You've done that. If not, write it somewhere. Write it often. Reflect on it. Think about it. Remind yourself of it. Don't forget and relate that to others. Because the incredible love of God has no boundaries and it always seeks after people even when we try to run and hide will you pray with me oh father we are grateful for your incredible love we thank you that you have written it across the heavens that there's nowhere that we can go and escape from this wonderful truth that you love us and you have a desire for us to come to saving faith in Jesus. Help that to, to shade our thoughts, to infiltrate our minds, to sink down deep into our hearts. 
that we would meditate on your great love. As we grow deeper in that love, we would experience more of the abundant life you've called us to, more of what you've called us to, to do. And that you would give us, by your Spirit, the ability to love others better. And as our, as our church, as a family of God, we pray that we would increase for our love for one another and that our love would flow out of this building and would affect those around us, that we would speak of the love of God the wonderful love of Jesus and that you would help us to grow to be more rooted and more grounded in love to understand how boundless your love is that the breadth, length, height and depth can't be measured help us to see your love that surpasses knowledge and oh fill us with your spirit to all the measure of the fullness of God for your glory and for your namesake we pray, amen we're going to take a moment. Jackie's going to play um, on the piano. And, you know, really, three words to meditate on. God loves you. And as you understand that love, something may come to your heart like this. God loves me, and I want to love him back. Salvation, just simply trusting in Jesus to be Lord and Savior. It could be understanding God loves me, and I don't have to continue living the way I am. There is hope and there's transformation. There's freedom. There's forgiveness. It could be understanding God loves me and He understands that I have a burden for my family or my friends. And so as you call out and you intercede for them, know that He hears and He listens. It may be understanding that God loves you and that can be the the medicine that heals hurts in your heart or that gives you the strength to endure hardship and pain and suffering. Or maybe it could be God loves me and I want to tell other people that God loves them too. God, give me the opportunity, give me the boldness and help me to do it for your glory. Jackie's going to play. We're going to listen to the Lord and respond. You can do it quietly where you are. You can come down the front and pray. I'll be here waiting if you need somebody else to pray with you. Maybe you just grab a neighbor next to you and say, hey, will you pray with me? But let's listen to God. Let's take advantage of this moment. And as he speaks, let's respond.
home, come home. Neither are weary, come home. Um, may I've jumped the gun on him just a minute, but I mean, it's exciting. Um, this morning, um, we have... Uh, No, I'm sorry. I, I jumped the gun on them. They were still talking, but they did so, so Denise, y'all may have met her. She visited last week, Denise Pittman. Um, anyway, she said um, this morning that she visited last week, visited this week. She was driving by. She visited. She fell in love with the place. And, um, and this morning, um, Denise, and I think I called her Janice when I talked to her, um, but that's okay. She'll forgive me. But, um, but she um, is coming today um, because she wants to um, join um, fellowship with us by promise of a letter from Cana Baptist Church, which is also in Burleson. So, Deborah and Denise, want to come up here with me? Um, yeah, so let, let her get up here first. So, anyway, so anyway, we're, we're excited about that, Denise, and so if you're, if you're joining the excitement of um, the Lord adding Denise to our, our church body, would you just say amen? amen. And, and Denise, as, as a church family, it's our, our hope that we will... Um, will be a blessing to you, and we know that you'll be a blessing to us, and we look forward to see um, how God will use you um, for service in the days ahead. And so um, when we finish here in just a second, I know you'll probably, um, I'll, I'll let y'all sit down for now, but when we close after we sing, um, I know y'all want to just welcome her, and so um, please take um, opportunity um, to do that. And just want to remind members that after we sing and after we welcome um, Denise, there'll be a short um, called business meeting. But I want to thank you for, for worshiping with us this morning. I'm going to invite the worship team up so they can lead us in a song before I tell you they're going to sing a song. Um, and um, they're going to lead us in singing, and I'm going to give you the chance to stand. And then after we sing, um, you can take opportunity to welcome um, Denise. So let's stand together. Um, they're going to get plugged up and ready and start playing, and we're going to worship the Lord together as we close today. 